Welcome to the Simply Resilient Podcast. This is episode number 28, How to Feel Crazy Connected to Your Husband Even When He's Deployed. My name is Jessie Ellertson and I am a life coach and a military wife who is in the trenches of life with each of you. This podcast is for military wives who know how to handle the challenges of deployments and frequent trainings, but want to stop feeling mentally miserable in the process. You know what to do and you're doing it, all while holding down the fort at home. But you are weary from living in survival mode and battling with your brain. If you are ready to thrive, then you are in the right place. I have a special treat for you guys today. I recently completed an assignment for Life Coach School where I needed to create an hour-long webinar about a topic that would be interesting to my target audience, which is military wives, as you know. And so I've done a podcast episode on the similar topic of how to feel connected to your husband when he's away. And this one I geared in a little bit different way that I think that you'll find is interesting because the purpose of a webinar is to reach people who don't know who I am, have never listened to my podcast, and probably don't even know what life coaching is or mind management or thought work. And so I'm teaching the concepts in a way where I'm not really using the model or any coach speak or any terms that I've taught you here on the podcast podcast, I'm trying to teach it in a way that anybody could listen to and understand and start to get excited about and get an understanding of. So it was a fun challenge and a fun way to create a really nice product to offer to future potential clients. So I'm going to include the audio for it here, but it is actually a video that has a fun PowerPoint slideshow that goes with it. And I will put a link in the show notes to the YouTube video that goes along with the audio to this. So if you'd prefer to watch it rather than listen to it, you can go to my website, www.simplyresilient.net and click on the podcast tab and find the show notes for episode 28 to get the link to that YouTube video. Otherwise, just go ahead and stay here and listen to it. And I hope that you enjoy. Hello, everyone. Welcome to my webinar, How to Feel Crazy Connected to Your Husband, Even When He's Deployed. Today, we're going to talk about a few different things. First of all, I'm going to introduce my topic of, like I said, talking about creating connection when our husbands are away. And I'm also going to introduce myself. And uh, over the course of this webinar, we'll talk about three problems that come up when it comes to connecting when they're far away. And also solutions to each of these problems. And then near the end of the webinar, I'll give you information about working with me and what a mini session looks like and answer some common questions asked. And if you stay to the end of the webinar, you get a link to an awesome weight loss video that I made recently. So like I said, by the end of this webinar, you will understand why what feels mostly out of your control is actually almost completely in your control which can feel so good to take something that feels like we can't do anything about it and take a look at what we can do about it. Um, By the end of this webinar, you'll also have lots of simple and actionable ideas that you can start doing today to increase that connection. And also by the end of this webinar, you will know how to at least double your connection with your husband when you're apart, when he's away from home. Like I mentioned, if you stay to the end of this webinar, I will give you a link to an awesome video that I made recently entitled Seven Tips to Enhance Your Weight Loss Experience During Deployments. It's a fantastic video and I make you my favorite taco salad while we're talking about some awesome ways to think in new ways about your weight loss. Take the weight loss experience you're already having, the weight loss methods you're already using and add these new thoughts and ideas to them to completely change your experience and really enhance it. So stay to the end to get that link. Okay, a little bit about me. As I said, my name is Jessie Ellertson, and I am a life coach. I live in Eagle Mountain, Utah, and I have six kids. Our new favorite joke of our way to say what our kids are is we say that we have all boys except five girls, because my one son likes when we say it like that. (laughs) Anyway, I've been a military wife since 2007 when my husband joined the Army, and he is currently a captain in the Utah National Guard and he flies Black Hawk helicopters. We have been through two full year deployments and tons of different trainings and TDYs. So I have a lot of experience creating connection really intentionally more recently as I've learned these tools and become a life coach myself and a lot of experience when it felt way more out of control to me near the beginning of our career. Okay, so I am a certified life coach 
and a certified weight loss coach through the Life Coach School run by Brooke Castillo. I have been life coaching since 2018, and I certified with the Life Coach School last year in 2019. My specialty, my favorite people to work with, and the only people that I work with, are military wives dealing with deployments and trainings and things like that, wanting to really enhance their experience while their husband's away, not just survive through it, but thrive through these experiences. So I, like I say at the end of all my podcasts, or at the beginning of all my podcast episodes, if you're ready to thrive, then you are in the right place. Here's a picture of my beautiful military family in 2018, right before my husband's second year-long deployment to Iraq. So you can see here, all boys except five girls. <laughs> my son in the middle there with his red shirt on, he's so handsome. And I have, my oldest is 13 and my youngest is two. So we've got a whole spread there in the middle and we just love our big crazy circus of a family. So as I was pondering what to do this webinar about, I really spent some time thinking about how it used to be so hard to feel connected to my husband when he was away from home and being in the military. He is away from home a lot. And so that was um, challenging for our marriage. And especially as we would prepare for upcoming separations, we would just kind of be like putting our head down saying, oh, this is where it gets really hard when he's gone. And we have to work so hard to feel connected to each other. And even when we work so hard, we still don't even feel that connected to each other. And now that I know how to create connection within myself, everything is different. And I want you to imagine preparing for your husband's next training or deployment and just that issue of will we or will we not feel connected? Will we know how to do it this time? Will it be hard? Will it be easy? None of that will even be a concern for you because you'll know what you're going to do to create connection within yourself and feel that connection with your husband no matter your circumstances. It's a really, really exciting idea. Okay, so are you ready? Are you ready to understand what it means to create connection? Are you ready to take all of this into your control? Let's get started. Okay, let's just first talk about why it's hard. Like basically, why are you here? Why did you click on this link? Why did you join this webinar today? I really appreciate that you guys were willing to take an hour out of your days that I know are full and busy and wonderful to listen to this class to see if you can get some insight onto this. And uh, I know that the reason that you're here is either because you've been through trainings or deployments where the, the connection was hard and it struggled and it affected your relationship, or maybe you're even preparing for your first deployment and you just want to take this proactive approach of, I don't want to struggle to connect with my husband when he's away. But either way, a few of the main problems that that come up as you anticipate an upcoming training or maybe you're right in the middle of one in regards to connection are that it seems like being physically together is crucial to feeling connected. And another problem is that it seems like talking is our only way to enhance our connection because the physical presence is not available to us. And talking during deployments can be really challenging for a lot of reasons. And number three, it seems like if he's not interested in working on our connection as well, then my efforts won't mean much. So we're going to get into each of these issues and just talk about some awesome solutions for them. So the first problem that I mentioned was that it seems like being physically together is crucial to feeling connected to our spouse. I can remember very vividly when my husband came home and said that he had decided that he wanted to join the military. We were pregnant with our second daughter. This was in 2007. And my main thought at that moment was how can anything that makes us spend time apart out of each other's physical presence be good for our marriage? I could only see how it would be bad for our marriage, hard on our marriage, break down our marriage to spend time physically apart. And that was the way that I used to think and believe. But, and I want to show you why we think this way. So when we think of creating connection, we just think, okay, well, how do I create connection when my husband is home? And here are some of the ways I came up with. You may come up with some on your own, but we work together. We play together. You know, we, we grow this life together. We do projects together and we're, we're involved in these kinds of things together. Um, we're able to pay attention to body language and pick up on those cues and things from each other. We have, you know, fun activities like date nights and times when we're working on just specifically us. We're able to touch each other and be intimate with each other and have eye contact in order to really connect with each other. Um, we have these different shared experiences. We give each other gifts. We're able to spend quality time together. 
and we provide service and we sacrifice for one another all throughout our daily lives. And all of that does require physical, our physical presence to be in each other's presence. And so you can see why initially it does seem very discouraging to need to create connection in your favorite relationship, your relationship with your spouse, the most important one in your life, while they're away for you know a year at a time sometimes, and especially across the world and a different time zone and, and everything. You can see why that would be initially quite discouraging. So let's go into the solution. We got ourselves discouraged enough. Let's talk about why this is going to be okay. So I have a whole new way to think about connection that creates such a solution to this problem. So like I say here, the good news, I have good news for you. Connection exists in our minds. The relationship we have with another person is ever only the thoughts that we think about that person. So whether they are home or away, the only reason we ever feel connected to them or not connected to them is because of the way we are thinking about them. And initially you might think, well, how is that good news? But it's good news in the best way because this is the part where we take the control back. So, so often we're thinking, okay, I can feel connected if all of these circumstances around me are lining up. If my husband's home, if we're able to have regular date nights, if we're being intimate regularly, if we have stimulating conversations. And those are all amazing and enjoyable. But what's so amazing to know is that the essence of you feeling connected, the root of it all, comes from what you spend time thinking about your spouse and about your level of connection and about the health of your relationship. And so one thing that I found in my previous deployments before our most recent one where I really had all these tools and was able to apply them was that I spent time thinking it is so hard to feel connected to him when he's far away. And that was the main thing I thought. I mean, I thought a few other things from time to time and I didn't really know how to look at my thoughts at this time. But as I look back on my thoughts now, whenever this issue or idea would come into my mind of you know, my husband Brad is deployed. I love him. I love feeling connected to him. And it's so hard to feel connected to him when he's far away. And that thought right there was creating such a feeling of disconnect for me. And I didn't even know it. I just thought we got to get through this hard time. And when he gets back and we're physically in each other's presence again, then we can create that connection again. I had no idea how much I could create it on my own, no matter my circumstance. So I want to tell you guys a little story. One thing that I identified in myself early on in my marriage and made sure to let my husband know was how much I loved getting flowers from him. And he's actually pretty good at buying me them, especially when I give him little nudges and reminders. You know, he'll say, what do you want for your birthday? And I'll say, you know, you know, whatever you get me. And of course, I would love flowers. You know, I'll kind of give him hints and things. And so I often do get flowers from him. Um, but when he's away, that's one of the things I miss is getting gifts and flowers and, and those kinds of loving actions from him. And so you can see here, this is a post from Instagram that I did. And uh, you can see the date there, April 30th, 2014 at the bottom. And so that was during his deployment in 2014 to Kosovo. And I realized after he had been gone for about five months that I didn't want to go a whole year without receiving flowers from my amazing husband. And so I went to the store that day and I bought myself some flowers for no reason whatsoever. I was just missing him and I was wanting flowers from him and he was not around to go and buy me flowers. And I went and I bought myself flowers and it was a really interesting experience because they made me so happy and they made me think about him a lot. And at the time, again, I didn't have these tools, so I didn't quite know what felt different. But it was so cool to receive flowers from my husband that I just bought for myself. And I know that you guys aren't going to all love that story, but that's fine. I love this story because it really leads into taking this control back in, especially when he cannot be here to do it for me. And so I have this hashtag of not afraid to buy myself flowers, meaning I love my husband. I love to receive flowers from my husband. He loves to do things that make me feel loved. And I bought myself flowers. He's not here to buy them for me during this deployment or during upcoming deployments. And I buy myself flowers and they are from him to me. And it feels so good. So we're going to get into a little bit more of why that feels so good. Um, I want to give you just a little bit more proof of how this really does work. We're so used to creating connection with our husband by physically being in their presence. But I want you to take a minute and think about people in your life that you feel incredibly connected to, really important people, important relationships in your life, and that you don't get to spend much time with them. You maybe see them once a year. Think about, you know, your favorite sibling or a cousin or just like a best friend that you don't get to see very much anymore or a grandmother or grandfather, someone that you have a close relationship who you love dearly and you only see them very infrequently. 
but they, you still feel very connected to them, whether it's, you know, speaking on the phone with them from time to time or looking at their pictures on Facebook or even just spending time thinking about them. Really, that's the key is the way you think about this person. You think, oh, I love them so much and I know they love me and I love when we're together and I wish it could be more frequently, but for whatever reason, it can't. And then when you're with them, and all that connection is there because of the way you were thinking about them all that time. Your relationship with these people that I'm talking about here is represented completely by the thoughts you spend time thinking about them. So it's just really fascinating to know that that is the case and to start watching. Start without even changing your thoughts right now. Just start watching what those thoughts are with fascination and curiosity and see what thoughts are creating your relationship with this person that has nothing to do with how frequently you get to be with them physically. This is a picture of my amazing, silly, crazy family that I love. We had a family reunion recently in Texas, and we took this family picture. I am the youngest of six kids, and these are all of the siblings and grandkids and my parents right there in the front. And we just took this silly picture and I love it so much. And I love my family dearly. And I live here in Utah and my siblings all live all over the U.S. And so we don't get to see each other very much. And they are so dear to me and I love them and I miss them. And whenever I'm with them, it is the best. And I spend tons of time thinking how important they are to me, how much I love them, how much I can't wait to be with them again. And I make sure to not spend time thinking our relationship is suffering or when we spend time apart, then we're not as close. Like I don't worry about thinking about any of that stuff. So I have even a little bit more proof for you in this regards. I want you to think about people you feel connected to that you have never even met. This was really fascinating for me to spend some time thinking about this. I This is a picture of myself and Jody Moore. They're on the right. I'm on the left and Jody's on the right. And Jody Moore is a life coach as well. She's my life coach. And she's how I discovered all of this. Uh, right before my husband's last deployment, I found her and signed up for her program and started getting coached by her regularly. And it changed everything for that deployment. And it was about halfway through the deployment that I decided that I wanted to be a life coach. And I've changed my life even further. Um, and so this was such a fun way to prove it to my brain even further that we don't have to physically be in someone's presence to feel connected to them because I have met Jody several times at this point physically in person. But up until I met her, I had only ever coached with her, you know, over the phone, or over the computer, and I'd watched classes she'd taught, and I'd listened to her podcast, and I felt like I had spent a lot of time with her when really, in actuality, I had not. And so the first time I met her, I just had this really exciting and surprising feeling of just feeling like we already knew each other. We were already best friends. I mean, she didn't really know me because... I mean, much up until this point. And now that I've met her several times, she, she knows better who I am. But she has lots of people that she works with. And anyway, she was very important to me. And I felt very close to her, even though I, up until that point, I had never met her. And that's another way to just really show my brain like this is true. It is a matter of the way we think about people and our relationships with those people, not the physical presence that's required. Being physically with someone is just like an amazing bonus. It's, it's, it's excellent and we really enjoy that and prefer it. But as we all know, as military wives, there are times when that is not available to us. And so that is why this is good news. Okay, my last point to make here is that hindsight is twenty twenty. So back to that pregnant Jessie thought of how can anything that causes us to be physically out of each other's presence be okay for our marriage? And I can see now that I look back on our 13 years in the military, I can see all the ways that it has strengthened us as individuals and strengthened our marriage. And so that's where I say hindsight is 2020. I can look back now and see that. But at the beginning, looking forward, I thought this can only hurt us. So what, what's powerful about that is I actually want to give you some future hindsight because we don't have to wait until after it's happened to understand it. We can work to understand it now and we can create the things that we hope to occur. And so I want to challenge you to look for how it's strengthening your marriage right now. I want you to look at an upcoming deployment or a deployment you're currently in or whatever separation is occurring for you and say, I don't want to have to go five years into the future and then look back on how this was good for our marriage. I want to find the evidence today for how what we are going through currently is strengthening us as individuals and our marriage. And so two that I identified um, that, I, that I really make sure to pay attention to throughout rather than the, the hindsight thing is that we do not take our time together for granted. When we are together, we treasure it. 
And that is one gift we've been given by spending time apart is we never wish we had more space from that person because we know what space feels like. And the second thing is that I have learned how to take care of myself and just ask for what I need. And Brad, the same, my husband Brad. And when you're apart, you have to develop that part of you of that independence while staying, you know, really connected in your relationship and rely on each other, but kind of that necessary independence too, which is really healthy for your relationship. Um, to be independent, but also reliant. I know there's kind of that balance there. And I ask for what I need. There's no way he could pick up on cues and guess what I need with how much he's not home. And that's, that's not the best way anyway. Our husbands are not the best at reading our minds and picking up on our cues and piecing it all together and making this great gesture. They just want to know straightforward what we need. And when we ask for it, I would say for the most part, we, know, we mostly get it. Of course, not always, and that's fine, but it's just a really cool skill to have developed that I know how to just identify what I need and either create it myself or ask my husband for it. Okay, let's talk about problem number two. So problem number two seems like talking is our only way to enhance our connection while he's away and talking can be challenging. So if, if we're believing in problem number one, even though now we've just shown you the solution to that, and that physical, physical connection is the main way that we develop connection in our marriage, and that is now removed from us for this time, then it seems like talking is the only other way. And talking is hard. So long-distance communication is not ideal. That's what we're going to go over right now. I know you guys all know this, but we're just going to go over why it's so hard. So one or both of us are often not in the mood to talk. And I'm sure you guys have that um, experience as well that sometimes it goes great sometimes it goes poorly sometimes it's going great for one person and not the other or vice versa but it's kind of hard to get you both ready in the mood feeling you know open and ready to connect and ready to have meaningful conversations and right at the right time and your schedule's lined up I mean it's just like a lot going on there and so often one of you is not in the mood to talk um here's another aspect of it it can be really hard on him to know everything that's going on at home so you have to kind of carefully tell him important things, but maybe not everything. And then it's also hard on him to not know everything that's going on at home. And he knows that you're keeping things back for his own good. And my husband and I actually, we make, we make that plan before he leaves of just know that I'm going to tell you the important stuff, but I'm not going to tell you everything. You don't need to know everything. And it's hard on you to know everything, but it's really hard on him to not know everything too, even though that's the plan. Um, it's hard for him to know when I'm struggling. It's hard when I tell him all the ways that I'm struggling and so sometimes I don't. Sometimes I only tell him part of the ways I'm struggling. I try to hold back a little bit just to not burden him. And it's also hard for me not to tell him when I'm struggling because that's my person I go to when I'm, when I'm struggling is my husband and I tell him all the ways it's hard. So to have to hold back on that is hard. And one reason I hold back is because he feels like my struggles are partly his fault because he's gone and if he were here, it wouldn't be so hard. And he also has some element of feeling like he's letting his family down. I mean, when they're away from us and they're not able to keep up on their normal responsibilities, they're still providing for us. They're still, you know, making money and, and being the, the husband and father in our family unit. But they are, they have put their responsibilities on our shoulders and that is hard on them. So you can see why long distance communication is hard. It's not ideal with all of these elements going on. Another reason is that the conditions or methods of our communication are usually pretty out of our control. For example, how frequently we get to speak. Sometimes it's every day. Sometimes it's only every few days. Sometimes it's a couple times a day. Um, how long each session lasts. Sometimes they have lots of time to talk. Sometimes it's a one-minute phone call here and there, 2 a.m., you know, the time of day we get to speak, the different time zones that we're in. Um, the quality of the internet connection can be a huge issue where sometimes they have great internet and we're getting a great conversation or sometimes we really need to talk to them and we just cannot get a clear connection. It's very, very difficult. Um, his schedule and our schedule matching up. When he has free time, we're busy. When we have free time, he's asleep. It's, you know, quite challenging. Another big one is the kids being in the mood to talk to dad. That can be hard on them when they're ready and, he, and the kids are tired or hungry or cranky or, you know, whatever. And then vice versa when they want to talk, but he's busy. And then also like what apps are available to use and how effective they are, like FaceTime and Marco Polo. Marco Polo is one we used on our most recent deployment that we loved because then we didn't have to worry about our schedules matching up. We could just record each other's, 
videos for each other when we had free time. So if you haven't checked out Marco Polo, check it out. It's amazing. This picture I love. It's of uh, it's Christmas Eve in Iraq. I think it was the 23rd for me. Um, and we were just talking about how his Christmas was going to go and how our Christmas was going to go and just missing each other dearly. Spending those holidays apart are, that's the real deal. It's really hard. And I just love the smile on his face and the whimsical sucker in his mouth. And we're both just making the best of it. You know, this is one of the ways that strengthens us as, as individuals and our relationship. So I really like this picture. I just did a screenshot of our FaceTime call that day. Okay, let's get into the solution. Oh, I like talking about the solutions. Okay, so again, good news. Okay, because we now know that connection exists in our mind. It's made up of our thoughts about the person. The way we think about our spouse and how connected we are has way more impact on our level of connection than the quality of our verbal communication. So no matter how frequently or infrequently we get to speak to our husband, the only reason that we ever feel connected to our spouse is because of the way we are thinking about them. It really, really is the most important way that we create that connection. Again, verbal communication, high quality verbal communication is what we prefer. It's super enjoyable. It's ideal. It really helps, but it's not the foundation of why we feel connected. Our thoughts are the foundation of everything, and then everything else just goes on top of it in this beautiful, like, enjoyable, extra, you know, kind of bonus. So I want to tell you a story about um, comparing, again, the first deployment we did when he was in Kosovo, and I didn't have any of these tools, to the second deployment that we did in 2018 and 2019. And to... Um, so my story here is that once I had these tools, I was able to look back on how hard the first deployment was and how it really felt like we, we had lost a year. We'd lost a year in our, you know, our, our marriage. We'd lost a year in, you know, working towards our shared goals. And, and even in, um, you know, like our children had lost a year of their father. You know, that's, that's kind of the mentality I had in that first one to then compare it to the, the second deployment when I had all of these thought work and mind management tools and I was able to create such an amazing year even though he was deployed. And when I was thinking about this topic specifically of how I felt so much more connected to him the second time once I knew how to create it within myself, um, I realized there was something that I was thinking in the first deployment that really was hard on me and, and hard on our relationship that I was able to identify quite quickly near the beginning of our second deployment and, and intentionally think otherwise. So I love when my husband thinks about me and I love when he tells me he's thinking about me and I love to spend time thinking about him thinking about me and I love when he you know, text me throughout the day because then that's like proof to me that he's thinking about me. I just want to always be on his mind. And before I knew how to think about that intentionally, about half the time I would spend time thinking like, oh, my husband loves me and he's thinking about me. And about half the time I would think thoughts more like, I wonder if he's thinking about me and I hope that he's thinking about me. And if he's not thinking about me, what is he thinking about? And, you know, just almost just very worried and kind of needy and really pretty negative, pessimistic thoughts of like, he's, you know, he's probably not even thinking about me. He's so busy, he's probably not even thinking about me. And I know I spend a lot of time thinking about him. Even when I'm busy doing other things, he's just kind of always on my mind a little bit. And what feels really good is imagining that happening in his brain as well, that no matter how busy he is or whatever, that I'm always in his mind. And I didn't realize that I was sort of robbing myself of that good feeling by just indulging in those thoughts of, He's probably not even thinking about me. And I wonder what he's thinking about. And I hope that he spends time thinking about me. And so on the second deployment, I was able to identify how that made me feel, thinking those thoughts. And it made me feel really sad and worried and, and um, you know, kind of needy and just wanting to, like, question him. Like, did you think about me today? You know, which is just a weird place to come from. I don't like that version of me when I'm, when I'm all in that kind of scarcity mode. And so I was able to quickly determine the, what thinking those thoughts made me feel. And that's what was making me feel. And I did not like how that felt. And so then I was able to intentionally create a new thought pattern that I already was thinking on my own naturally, but only part of the time. And anytime those indulgent thoughts would come up that would take me to that, that sad uh, kind of scarcity place, I would just gently and lovingly redirect my thoughts to this way that I really prefer thinking and that I love the way I feel when I'm thinking that. And it is that my husband always thinks about me. 
I am so lucky because my husband never stops thinking about me. I know no matter how busy he gets, I am always on his mind. And when he texts me or tells me he was thinking about me that day, I love that too. That's just, again, that bonus, that bonus on the top. And I, that used to be the thing that gave me permission to think thoughts like I know my husband's thinking about me all the time, but now I just give myself permission. I just say it's safe for me to think. I know my husband thinks about me all the time, even if he's not saying, I thought about you all day today, you know, and it feels so good. And so again, this is back to, he can tell me he's been thinking about me and that feels really good too. But the foundation of knowing he's thinking about me and feeling all the good feelings that comes with knowing that completely start in my thoughts about that. So here's a little bit more proof for you. Um, my love language is words of affirmation. So I, I like this problem and solution because it's all about words and words are so important to me. And my husband is actually not a words guy. I am totally a words girl. Not only do I like hearing words as my love language, but I am a talker and I'm a sharer and I just have words galore and I more more words than I need often and I have to um, harness that as a strength but not overdo it to a weakness and, and go too crazy so I do try to find that balance of using my gifts with words by, but not overdoing it anyway he is a man of few words and he is quiet and he loves me desperately but I have to sort of get those words out of him sometimes because I just love to hear them so much and so that used to be a little bit of a challenge in our marriage because I just would be so desperate to hear the words from him that I wanted to be thinking and feeling about him and for him to tell me a little bit like the story um, of thinking about me, but it really goes just across the board if I just wanted him to say I love you first and I wanted him to um, ask me how my day was, ask me how I slept, you know, just, I just want him to talk to me and, and check in with me and tell me everything he was feeling, you know, just really, if it was up to me, he would just be talking to me as much as I'm talking to him. And that, that'll never be him. Again, he's a man of few words and he uses his words very wisely. And I've come to appreciate that about him, but especially as I've been able to apply this concept to our marriage of the way I think about our verbal communication is so much more important than the verbal communication that is actually occurring. And when I show up as the wife who is not in that needy, graspy scarcity place of you know give me more words he's actually a little bit more free with his words I'm already all taken care of I spend time thinking how much I know he loves me and how you know if he hasn't said oh you look so beautiful today today I can think back on oh remember when he said it yesterday and oh I just know my husband thinks I look so beautiful every day or I can even like I mentioned earlier just say hey Brad don't I look beautiful today and just ask for what I need you know but I just show up as such a different person when I, with my thoughts, take care of that part of our relationship for myself, and then anything I get from him is just a beautiful bonus on top. Um, I would like to give you this little tip that I used in this last deployment of looking for communication treasures. This really helps out when your verbal communication is down or of lower quality because of all those reasons we talked about before, is I dug through old emails, old love letters, letters from basic training, or just any other times apart that we've, we've had to go to letters instead of phone calls or, you know, because these are treasures. These treasures are like gifts that just keep on giving. And I would, I kind of compiled them so that whenever I needed more words from him and I couldn't get them, I would just go back to words he's written me in the past and just relish in them and enjoy them all over again because they are his words to me. So that's just a little tip that I have for you. And that really got me through the times of his last deployment where we, we weren't able to have as much communication. This, these are real treasures. Okay, the last problem is that it seems like if he's not interested in working on our connection as well, that my efforts won't mean much. So why even try? So you may be excited about these ideas and about this, these concepts, but chances are he's not, and that's totally okay. And it's also okay if your husband is way excited about this and wanting to do it with you. That's just amazing. But just we're going to go with he's not in this scenario. So if this doesn't apply to you, then just enjoy listening and know that there are husbands out there who are not excited about this and some that are. So if your husband is anything like mine, he is usually not super enthused to work on stuff like this. For the most part, he is more satisfied, my husband is more satisfied with our level of communication really at all times than I am. Like I already mentioned, uh, with just our natural personalities, I always want more words and he's really satisfied with a low level of words. 
or, or any kind of, you know, communication. And so when it's more challenging, like during deployments, he prefers to just make the best of it and knows that it will get better when he's back. And he's completely satisfied with that. He, he's not spending much time thinking like this is hurting our relationship. That's something I'm thinking. So this is definitely more of a problem for me than it is for them. And so when I first started to learn these tools, I thought, oh, he's not going to want to work on this. Um, but as I learned to understand it more, I realized like the problem isn't even with him. The problem's with me. He feels great about our relationship. He feels great about our level of connection. And it's amazing to really split that up because you would think, you know, feeling supported or feeling connection or feeling love in a marriage has to be work done between two people. But that's the amazing thing is that it can be done just by one side and the whole relationship will improve. Or like in my relationship, he, it's not a problem for him. It's a problem for me. And so the work is to be done on my end and his where he's at is just perfect. So the solution to this problem, if your husband is like mine, is that because connection exists in our mind, which we are understanding more and more now, whether they are working on this with you or not, you can feel completely connected. Feeling connected is always available, even if we're the only one in our marriage actively working on feeling it. So even, I didn't really go into this, but even if he also agrees that the connection in your marriage is, is poor when he's away. He may even agree with that as a problem, but still not want to work on it. And that is also completely fine. You can just dive into this work for yourself, create this, feel, this connected feeling for yourself, feel the benefits and the gift of doing this work, and it will improve your overall relationship even if he does nothing. Okay, so let's talk about why. I'm going to give you my cupcake analogy, which I've kind of been alluding to a little bit during this webinar. Okay, so my cupcake analogy goes like this. The thing that we are working on in our own lives is the cupcake. And so for this example specifically, this is connection, okay? So my desired feeling, I want to feel connected to my husband. That's, that's my goal. And so if I'm thinking the way I used to think about it, I would think I would believe in some of those problems like, well, he has to be here in order for us to feel connected or he has to be wanting to work on it too in order for us to feel connected. Or when, we, when our only method of connection is talking, then we just can't feel very connected because talking is hard. But now that I know the new ways, I realize that if I want to feel connected to my husband, that's the cupcake and I'm in charge of the cupcake. Okay, I do what it takes to make my cupcake completely whole. I create that feeling of connection within myself by working on my thoughts, by intentionally creating thoughts that create that feeling of connection and intentionally spending time thinking them. And then once I have done what it takes to create connection in my marriage based on what I'm able to do and my cupcake is completely full, then I go into the world or to my husband in this situation because now I I acknowledge that there are things that I love that he does that adds to the connection, okay? And that is the frosting. And so I go to him and I make requests of him like, I want to talk every day because I love even when we only get a minute or two to just talk through FaceTime or whatever every day. Or I go to him and I say, you know, it means so much to me when I receive flowers from you. And so I'm going to go buy myself some flowers from you. And he'll say, sounds great. He'll be thrilled that you've met that need for yourself. He's so happy <laughs> because he can't do it right now. Or I might go to him and say, once a week, I want to talk for two hours with no kids around so that we can have almost like a date night. So we can have really focused time and here are the three things I want to talk about. You know, you're going to him with these requests that are just frosting on top of your cupcake. And when you imagine that whether or not he does the request, because there's going to be some that he says, sounds great, let's do that. And there's going to be some that he says, that doesn't work for me. But because it's frosting and your cupcake is already complete, it's all good. You, he doesn't have to do anything he doesn't want to do and you're taking care of and whatever he does for you, it just goes delicious frosting on top of your cupcake. And so then you're not, in a, you're not going up to him with a big gaping hole in your cupcake and saying, you know, we need to, you know, we need to have a date night or talk for, for two hours. Um, please take your frosting and fill in this huge gaping hole in my cupcake because then your cupcake is not going to be complete and it's just going to fall apart. But you fill the hole, all the holes. You take care of that cupcake and then whatever he is willing to do is just a beautiful bonus that you can enjoy. And one thing we like to call that in life coaching is making requests from a place of just wanting the thing but not needing the thing to be happy and whole and complete. It's very, very powerful and I'd like you to 
challenge you to take a look at that in your life and see how you might be going to your husband or your coworkers or your children with a gaping hole saying, fill up this hole because I'm, I'm feeling, you know, I'm feeling incomplete here, but instead to take a step back, work on your cupcake, make it whole yourself, then go to the people in your life or just different experiences you're having and say, whatever happens now is just a beautiful bonus. Okay. Another challenge I have for you guys is I want you to make creating connection in your marriage, especially when he's away, like your new favorite hobby. This is something, this is a whole new thought for me as well that I implemented about a year and a half ago is that I take time in my day to work on my favorite hobby. And my favorite hobby is loving my husband. It's creating love for him. It's spending time thinking loving thoughts about him. It's building a ton of evidence for why our marriage is amazing, why we were always meant to be together, why it's going to keep being amazing. Why, you know, because what comes pretty easily to us is to look at the problems and look at what's hard and get really busy and really distracted and suddenly realize or suddenly think to ourselves like, I don't even know if I love him anymore or I don't even miss him when he's gone. You know, like if, if you've had any of those kinds of feelings come up for you, it's totally fine. I just want to point out that when you were dating, think back to when you were dating and when he was on your mind, like more than he should have been almost because you're, you're so distracted by thinking about this, this love of your life that you're so, it's so fun to be in love with them, that you're getting like distracted at work or, or whatever. And he is on your mind and you spend so much time thinking about all their amazing qualities and how you can't wait to be with them again. And when you're with them, what are you going to do? And what are you going to talk about? And your brain is just on this playground of thinking about your husband. And really that can slowly dissipate and, and really normally so as you're married and you go into real life. But I didn't realize how intentionally I could maintain that, not necessarily at the status of it was when you're infatuated and, and dating, but to just intentionally create that, I like to call it like a playground, that playground that I go on where I just spend time a couple of times throughout my day, just going over my favorite parts about his face and um, a recent thing we did that was so fun or all the way, the tiny things he does that make me so happy. And I just spend maybe like 10, 15 minutes thinking about him, even if I'm driving somewhere or doing something else, but I intentionally create that space in my brain where I spend so much time thinking about exactly why I love him and why he's so deserving of my love and why, and why it's so amazing to be with him and create this life with him. And then I have that gift that I give myself of creating that connection all within myself about him. And it feels so good. And I don't even know if things look that different to him, but I feel so much better. And I do know that he loves the version of me when I'm all filled up, when my cupcake is whole and complete. And then anything he does for me, I just enjoy without it being like, well, that wasn't enough to fill up my hole. I need more, you know, like, for example, when I used to need his words so much to like, really believe I was beautiful or something, you know, I needed him to tell me he loved me and tell me I was beautiful and tell me that he loved the way I mopped the floors, you know, all these words I needed from him. It's been such an amazing shift to be telling myself I'm beautiful, telling myself my husband loves me so much, telling myself my husband thinks I'm so beautiful. My husband appreciates it so much when I clean the house. I tell myself all of that and I spend time thinking those things. And then when he comes home from work and says, oh, you look beautiful today, babe. I just bonus on top, frosting on my cupcake. And it feels better to me. And I know it feels better to him too, even if he doesn't totally understand the significant change I've made inside myself. So the way you treat this like your new favorite hobby is you just like something else that you've recently, you know, become obsessed with, just some fun new thing you work on. I want you to wake up thinking about it. I want you to fall asleep thinking about it. I want you to look forward to working on it. I want you to spend time thinking about amazing memories and looking forward to creating new memories. So one thing that came up for me as I made this slide was that sometimes in, my, in our previous deployment, it wouldn't feel safe to think about them and miss them. And what I mean by that is not literally dangerous, but it just felt too painful to spend lots of time thinking about my spouse and allowing myself to miss them and allowing myself to spend time thinking about the ways they made me so happy. But that's because he was filling, I was thinking that he was filling the holes in my cupcake in, in those moments. And so when I would remember that he wasn't around to fill the holes in my cupcake, it was truly painful and it didn't feel safe. And so instead, I would just not think about him. I would intentionally not let myself think about my husband. No wonder we didn't feel as connected as I preferred when he was around. 
And so this last deployment, I, I'm not, I still have a long way to go on this, but I would intentionally remind myself that it was completely safe to think about my husband and miss him because I had already taken care of my cupcake and everything he does for me is just frosting. And I can go a year with not much frosting because that's really what's happening when they're deployed. So we're only getting a little bit of what we like. Maybe usually we get like three scoops of frosting on our cupcake when they're home because we're getting all the things we love from them. And when they're away, we were only getting maybe just a half a scoop or something because there's so much they're not able to do. But when we take care of our cupcake, half a scoop of frosting is enough. It's enough, you guys. And it's an amazing thing to acknowledge that because then if it's enough, and it is, and if your cupcake is whole because you've made it that way and it is, then it's safe to think about them and miss them and remember what it's like when you have three scoops of frosting and how delicious it is and how much you love that frosting and spend time being excited about when you get that frosting again. And it's just coming at it from such a different place than when I used to just think, oh, I can't spend time thinking about them. It's too painful. Okay, so those are all my problems. Those are all my solutions for this specific topic. And let's just talk for a second about why is all of this important? So when you do what it takes to create connection in your marriage, you get to feel connected. That is one of the biggest things is we never feel our husband's connection to us or the love he feels, he just gets to feel. And the love we feel, we just get to feel. And we do get a little mixed up thinking that it's a connected experience to create love in our marriage. But truly, we feel the love we create. They feel the love they create. And so if we create connection in our marriage, we get to feel connected. And the reason that is such a gift we give ourselves is because we are designed as human beings to connect with other human beings, particularly our favorite human being, our spouse. Another reason that this is important is because then we get to show up as the person we want to be. Like truly, when it all comes down to it, the person we want to be is the person who does take care of themselves, but then who's open to loving and relying on another person, like I mentioned earlier. And you will benefit, and so will the people in your life, if you're able to show up as the person that you want to be, rather than this other version of you that really needs your husband or the people around you to, to fill up the holes in your cupcake. So you get to be in control of how you think and feel, which is so empowering to feel in control. If you're thinking, you know, oh, the military's in charge, it, it runs the show here, it gets to decide how often we get to talk, and if we can't talk, we can't feel connected, that's just such a disempowering place to just to feel like none of it's in your control. But by applying these principles and managing your mind, you're able to take all of that control back and create this amazing relationship, even when they're away. And the last thing is that you get to believe that feeling connected is always available. So if you believe that the connection exists within your thoughts and your mind, then it's available to you to believe that feeling connected is always available, no matter the circumstances. And that is a huge gift to give yourself and your spouse and your marriage. Okay, so let me ask you a question. I would just like to take a minute here. And I wanted to make sure it's okay with you guys if I could just take a minute and tell you about what life coaching is and about what working with me would be like. Is that all right with everybody? Okay, so here we go. Having a life coach for your mental health is like having a personal trainer at the gym for your physical health. And when I give my clients um, homework in between our sessions, I tell them this is like going to the gym for your brain. It's these, these are mental, mental exercises to increase your mental health and your mental strength. Life coaching is the way that you learn how to create your desired feelings and results in your life. And you may already be doing this somewhat naturally, but without really knowing the steps and the methods to do it super intentionally and to have the world of to have a world of possibilities just open up to you. Um, life coaching is a little bit like therapy, but we like to say it's more for, you know, functioning people in relationships. And not that therapy is for dysfunctional people, but I just mean for functional situations. So for example, I've done therapy and it was incredibly helpful and incredibly powerful, but I would consider myself a functional person. And the reason that I went to therapy was um, I lost a baby and went into a pretty deep depression. And so that's the dysfunctional situation I was in. And it's the same with, you know, if you go to couples therapy, you might be on the verge of divorce, but you could go to couples coaching if your marriage was just maybe struggling a little bit or you really wanted to improve your marriage. So it's a little bit more of a functioning relationship. So that's kind of the difference between going to see a therapist and going to see a life coach. Um, life coaching also teaches you how to utilize your amazingly powerful brain. Before I was working with a life coach regularly and before I understood all of these concepts, 
I had no idea what my brain was capable of. And I still honestly don't know everything because there's so much to learn. But I have been amazed to learn and discover and use my brain in so many more ways than I knew, than I used to know were available to me. And it has been incredibly exciting and empowering. And lastly, by learning the language of your brain, you're able to simplify and get a hold of any problem you're experiencing. So life coaching is what teaches you how to use this, this language that your brain uses, basically to learn how to interpret what your brain is doing, to learn how to grab what's productive, um, redirect what's not productive, and to just really get a good understanding of it. And, that, and once you're able to do that, it totally takes away any mysteries or confusion around, you know, what will I do? How will I solve this? Why is this even happening? Which is a place we get stuck in a lot in our problems. Okay, I want to read you this review from a coaching client that I have been working with, and her name is Michelle, and she says, Jessie is everything you want in a coach. Insightful, perceptive, empathetic, kind. She strikes a perfect balance between offering support while simultaneously challenging your thinking. Jessie's coaching is a conduit to a beautiful new world in which we get to choose our outcomes by choosing our thoughts. Her, ses her sessions leave you empowered with practical tips and thought prompts that can be applied instantly. So grateful for the life-changing work she is doing. My life coaching practice's name is Simply Resilient, and I love that because these tools are very simple concepts. Uh, and again, not easy. Simple is a very different word than easy. They're very simple concepts, very straightforward, very understandable, and they take some um, work and effort to implement. And then the word resilient just represents that life brings its up and ups and downs. And we decide if we're like an egg and when we get dropped, we splat, or if we're like a tennis ball and when we get dropped, we bounce back up. And that's what resiliency represents for me. Here is a review from another one of my coaching clients, and her name's Kara, and she says, Jessie is great. She guides the session very well, helps me to dig deeper and get down to the root of what is blocking me and my progression as my best self. She has helpful insights and is compassionate and non-judgmental. She's very professional, but very personal at the same time. I highly recommend her if you want help peeling back layers to figure out your life. So this is just to help you see some of the experiences that some of my other clients are, are having. Thank you so much for making time in your day to listen to this episode. If you enjoy this podcast, please share it with your friends. I also love when you subscribe, rate, and review my podcast. If this podcast resonates with you and you are interested in learning more, please send an email to jessie at simplyresilient.net to schedule your free life coaching mini session and see if working with me would be a great fit for you. Remember that when we choose to intentionally manage our minds, we go from feeling mentally miserable to feeling like a mental warrior. You've got this. I'll talk to you. See you soon. Over and out.